You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. This episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by FredHeBakes.com. That's FredHeBakes.com. Folks, why not go ahead and treat yourself to some delicious baked goods by heading on over to FredHeBakes.com. If you use the coupon code NOLOVELOST, you'll get 20% off of your order. Once again, that's coupon code NOLOVELOST for 20% off of your order. Or if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, head on over to the Podcast Jukebox Network where you can get yourself some No Love Lost merchandise like No Love Lost t-shirts or Crazy About Kurt t-shirts. Thank you so, so much for doing everything that you do to support the podcast. Please take care. And on that note, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we hang our heads in sadness, we know there's no love lost. We had to go. Well, you're always looking in the past. We gotta look forward, man, to the future. Uh, That's fair. You know who would help me look forward to the future if I had an economist to help me uh, plan my future? (laughs) That checks out. (laughs) Welcome back to No Love Lost, the podcast where we break down every millisecond of every episode of loss. Do we have to do it by every millisecond? Yes. We're going to, oh. you know how you, you know how there are those one minute podcasts, like you, <laughs> they do a minute of like Star Wars and they go through the whole thing. We should have done that with Lost. We should have done, just concentrated on, done an hour on each minute of the series. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what the shape of this podcast would be. Um, <laughs> that's the direction we had decided to go. We, we'd, we'd, st- we'd be on episode five of the first season right now. And I would have gone insane, I think. Um, <laughs> I- I'm Will Link. With me as always. Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we are here to talk about minute one of season four, episode <laughs> three, The Economist. Um, what happens in this minute? Go. <laughs> uh, this episode is written by Edward uh, Kitsis and Adam Horwitz. The, they are known for a little bit usually more humorous episodes. Um, very Hurley, Charlie related things. And um, it's directed, of course, by the one and only Jack Bender. Uh, it. It doesn't surprise me, uh, actually, that this is a Horowitz and Kitsis joint, because even though they've done some more lighthearted stuff, they also occasionally dip their toes into darker territory. And that's what we get with this one, I think. Well, you know, this episode, it's a Saeed episode, and this episode is a little, like, like little genre of like this is a this is like almost like a spy thing going on in the backstory like almost a very traditional like 
hitman spy story going on in the the flash it forward. Very, very, uh, like you know, uh, uh, very. Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what year Casino Royale came out. What was that? 2006, 2007? Yeah, 2006. <laughs> yeah, it felt very like that era of Bond, and I know we're still in that era of Bond, but like it kind of makes sense because I'm pretty sure like this is around the time where this episode came out too. Yeah, this would be post uh, Casino Royale or Jason Bourne kind of stuff. Exactly, minus the shaky cam, which I like the Bourne movies, but I cannot stand the shaky cam. Like they give me uh, like a severe headache to try to sit through. That and the third movie was just so damn tedious that I was just like, okay, I'm not watching anymore. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to say it right here on the podcast. I'm not that crazy about the Bourne movies hot take uh i had an ex-girlfriend who and i agree with her in this used to call them the boring identity (laughs) and i think that at a certain point we started accepting like quick cuts and shaky cam as opposed to like actual athletic action feats and I didn't care for that. And you want to know, Casino Royale, the best thing about Casino Royale is that foot chase at the beginning of Casino Royale and that guy who's doing all that parkour, parkour that guy's, yeah. he's doing all that parkour and they're in wide shots and you see him doing it and it's like no quick cut shaky cam. Done with my rant. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly concur with that. Um, the stylistic shaky cam thing is never something that I really appreciate. I tolerate it best during found footage horror movies, although that is one of my least favorite of the horror movie subgenres. Um, but I love horror, so like you know, properly contextualize that sentence. <laughs> well, let me tell you what: in a fight between Jason Bourne and Saeed, who's winning that fight? Oh gosh. Um... I want who I think in a hand to hand fight, I think Jason Bourne would win, but I would want to give the, I feel like Saeed, if like he knew what was like, if, if, if Jason Bourne happened to be on his list in this episode, I think Saeed could take him down. Well, let's talk about (laughs) Saeed. Let's Uh, talk about the episode here. Should I do that thing I do? Do it. Uh, if this happens to be your first episode of our podcast, No Love Lost, just as a heads up, we could be dropping spoilers from any given time in the series. So our discussion won't necessarily just pertain to this episode. We could drop spoilers uh, from stuff further on down the line. So you have been warned. Um, This is a... I feel like this is a fairly straightforward episode, weirdly. And I also feel like this is some a, a semi-transitional episode in that, like, I feel like it's taking us just to the next part of the story, which is Saeed going to the freighter. Because um, I'm looking at my notes, and they're not as dense as usual. And with that said, we'll probably go on for about six hours. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you said that, because after I finished the episode, I was like... That was really good. 
why do I kind of feel like, oh, but why is it giving me like early season three vibes where it felt a little wheel spinny? Well, I think part of it for me might be because I know where some of this is going. And I think a lot of this flash forward played a little more mysterious to me back, uh, back in, the day. in the day. Yeah. So it starts with Saeed in the flash forward is on a golf course. And I guess at this point, we don't know for sure it is a flash forward, except for the fact that we had gotten flash forward in episode uh, one, but, yeah, but you know, we don't know. They might go, they might do flashbacks again. I mean, we don't necessarily know for sure. Yeah. Considering how the format jumped back and forth, um, you know, when we were being introduced to the freighter crew, we got all of their flashbacks. Um, so I think that, that, I think it was fair to guess at this point whether we were going back or looking forward. Um, and so looking forward, it wasn't too much of a surprise. But at the same time, it's like, okay, where are we? Where are we just now? Exactly. Um, well, Saeed's on a golf course, and we we start to... It's an interesting little scene. He's playing golf, and a man pulls up in a cart, and he's like, hey, can I... Uh, uh, do you need a ride to the next hole? Like, it's a long, and he's like, no, I'm good. And there's, you know, this guy, you know, just leave people alone, I think is the moral of this story. <laughs> like, just leave, like, people golfing by themselves. Maybe they want to be alone. Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business is the moral here. <laughs> so, um... They make a little bet on the whole because he sees Saeed's about, the, I can't remember what he's doing, but he's like, he's like, oh, you'd be better off with a five iron. And Saeed's like, oh, I disagree. And this guy's like, well, why don't we bet 50 euros on it? And Saeed's like, let's make it 100. And it's like, ah. And he asks Saeed after Saeed takes his shot, which comes very close to the hole. Uh, uh, he goes, what do you do for a living? And Saeed's like, I do nothing. And he goes, I was uh, part of a settlement for I'm one of the Oceanic Six. And the man is immediately nervous. Yeah. Like, oh, That's right. off-putting, isn't it? And the man takes his shot. He gets even closer to the hole. He was right. He wins 100 euros. But he does not want to collect that 100 euros. He's like, eh, eh, it's okay. He just wants to get the hell out of there. And then uh, Saeed shoots him. Yeah. He, Saeed's like, no, 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 I insist. And then pulls a gun on him, shoots him, and then walks off the green. Like, like you know. Although I did find it interesting that the sprinklers turned on immediately. I was like, what are both of these guys? What are the sprinklers turning on while there are people out there? But Yeah, that actually, it's a cool <laughs> visual, makes zero sense. <laughs> They're paying a lot of money to play on this course. Exactly. They don't want to get wet. You don't, yeah, you don't uh, want to get hit with that. Um, but Saeed walks off like kind of badass. Like a boss. <laughs> I I will say this is this is an unsettling um introduction to where Saeed is at. Like kind of like uh Hugo going on that insane police card chase. Like this is not where we want to see um, our island crew at, you know, upon returning to to normal life. Like, seeing Saeed, you know, basically be an assassin is not 
I think what people are are rooting for, you know, seeing him on the island. We want him to find Nadia and to and to live happily ever after with her. So like this introduction is like, oh no, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Immediate like that becomes immediately apparent to everybody. Yeah. Yes. And um no, you're absolutely right. And it's a, it's a great setup, really, for where he... This is an example of the show... This is an example of the show not playing coy. Like, it doesn't let us think it's a flashback or flash forward. It, it answers that question right away. We get that Saeed is one of the Oceanic Six. Like, they're not necessarily hiding some stuff. But it does set up... New and arguably interesting mysteries. Yeah. So, so at this point, we are now. I, I mean, we know Kate is included in in this list, but out of everybody who's gotten off the island, we have the the kind of four one one on Jack, Hurley, and uh, Saeed, and none of them are in good places right now. So it's like, okay, what what has happened to everybody? And I remember. Uh, really trying to figure out, like, who are the... Like, at this point, you know who, like, four of the six are. And I'm like, who's the fifth and sixth ones? Like, I remember this being a big deal for me, trying to trying to suss that out. Um. So, anyway, the next time we see Saeed, he is in Berlin. And he walks into a cafe, and he sees a... Uh, a lovely young woman uh, sitting there alone and he asks her for directions. This woman's name is Elsa. And um, then he he proceeds to sit down and he puts on the Saeed charm and she's like, seems to enjoy the flirtiness there. He says he's a headhunter who's here in Berlin. And <laughs> Interesting choice of words. <laughs> yeah, it's it's both, it's, Telling you, he's telling her exactly what he does by not telling her what he does. <laughs> um, and Elsa s- says she works for an economist, and she's looking at him, and she's like, "He looks familiar. Like you, like do I know you?" And he goes, "I'll tell you if you let me uh, take you to dinner." And she's like, "Oh!" And she points out on the map where the restaurant where he's gonna take her, and. It's a, it's a very, like, forward flirtatious move on all counts. And and then, of course, because we already realize Saeed is some sort of contract killer, um, he walks out, he's on the phone, and he uh, he's like, I made contact. And then, uh, and then disposes of the phone. Uh, yeah, it's I a burner phone. I loved this scene. And, like, can I just... I want to ask two very specific questions. One, why was Naveen Andrews never in like a spy thriller film? And then two, why was he, why has he not been cast in any big rom-com films? Because he's incredibly charming, incredibly handsome, and, you know, can turn that charm and charisma like he can turn that on a dime to be intimidating at the drop of a hat. Why is this man not in every romantic spy thriller ever made? Yeah, you know what? He 
man. I mean, one of the things that I think I've discovered on my rewatch is my love of the Saeed character, who I always liked. I always liked Saeed, but I always feel like I, he, for me, played a little secondary to Sawyer and Locke, who I think I just liked what they had going on because uh, uh, Locke had all the island mysticism stuff and Sawyer was clearly the, the Han Solo of this enterprise and everybody loves a Han Solo. But Saeed on the second watch and talking with you about him and realizing how much better these people would always be if Saeed was in charge. <laughs> right, like, right. I, it's a brand new appreciation for the character. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I like Jack. And when Jack is, gr- like, when Jack is good, he's great. But I I will, especially looking at episodes like this, I will always lament that they didn't stick to their, you know, to the to their guns and stick to the original plan. Kill off Jack, allow Kate to be the leader of the island. And hell, how interesting would the the love triangle dynamic if it was between her Sawyer and Saeed how cool would that have been (laughs) I mean that'd be pretty great and like again I noticed it when we were initially covering season one but like you could see the bones of it there oh but that regardless of what could have been Naveen Andrews is spectacular here. And we we get, he he runs the gamut in this episode. Um, it doesn't quite ever hit that same emotional intensity from the last Saeed flashback that we got. Um, because that ending, that ending flashback scene um, hit really fucking hard. Um, so we don't get anything that ever hits that level of emotional intensity. But he, oh man, he does so much. He, like, from an acting standpoint in this one. He really um, put, he really runs his paces in this one. It's so great. Um, so now we kind of uh, um, jump a little into the future there. They've been on quite a few dates. There's a little bit of an awkward expository line where he says something like, like, oh, why go on at least five dates if you don't get a chance to put on your tuxedo? <laughs> Uh, so we know it's been like five days. Well, and they're and they're uh. doing things like going to the opera, like they're going to like fancy ass things. Um. Well, look, I mean, I would I would go to fancy ass things on a date if we lived in a timeline where we could leave our homes. Um, is that is that it? Is have I just been inside so long that I've forgotten like quote unquote normal dating? <laughs> You might not, maybe it, maybe it wouldn't be the opera, but like, yeah, somebody t- take you somewhere, like somewhere to, nice. I, I think Put on a nice outfit. Going to the Pantages, I think would make for a fun date, but. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> uh. So, Elsa doesn't want to bring her beeper on the date because she gets, because the economist might contact her at any time. And he's like, oh, no, no. I don't want you to lose your job because of me. Let's take the the beeper because really he is after the economist he is after the kill this guy and he needs her to bring him to like it occurs to me none of that is ever said but we know it because we've seen 
a million spy movies, secret agent movies. Yeah. Um, we can put two and two together. And she asks him, she said, why, why are you still here? You were supposed to, and it's this moment of like, oh, is she onto something suspicious? But then she plays it that she was like kind of fishing for the compliment that she hoped like, oh, I hope you stay because yeah, of me. Yeah, because he's so like, oh, uh, my work that I'm not going into details about, uh, it, the, the job that is taking longer than I thought it would. And she was like, oh, I was kind of hoping it w- the answer, the reason was me. And it's just like, she's, I mean, we're giving, we're giving Saeed a lot of credit in this episode, but uh, she's got some game too. <laughs> oh, she's better. She's better at this than him. I mean, he's good. She's, she's great. Um, because I'll tell you what, I knew she was a spy this time around, or like she was like playing him, and yet I still was fooled. Yeah, she's uh, she's Ava Green to his Daniel Daniel Craig, and uh, only you know if Ava Green wasn't sorry. <laughs> um. So then the next time we see them, they're lying in bed. It's it's nice, and she's like, I know, I know nothing about you. Red and... flag. Red flag. If a man refuses to tell you what he does for a living, red flag. <laughs> he, Megan, he is a headhunter. <laughs> no additional details necessary. So. <laughs> Just from personal experience, if, if a man refuses to tell you what he does for a living, red flag, run, <laughs> abort, abort, abandon ship. But we do know that he told her he was on Oceanic 815 because he she mentions the crash like he didn't tell me the crash and then he's like okay no more secrets and he's gonna tell her whatever she wants to know and then ah the economist beeps are interrupted by the economist and and um you know she checks the beeper she's like "Ah, i gotta meet the economist at this place and then saeed and this is why he's he's maybe even a better romantic lead because he doesn't want to hurt her. Yeah. And he knows uh, he has to. This is heartbreaking. And he, and he tells her to to leave Berlin. You have to leave. There are going to be questions for you. And then she starts to put two and two together. And she's like, wait, so you're trying to get to my boss. Like, that's the only reason you're with me. And, and who, like, like, did you really care about me? And and Saeed's like, oh, his name's on a list. And she's like, so you just kill people on your list? And it's this very upsetting thing. And then naturally she shoots him because she too <laughs> is is uh, not a spy per se, but she is still playing him. She's undercover. And, you know, what, what was initially viewed to be an impassioned speech actually is revealed to be her just fishing for information about who he works for and what his deal is. So he, she yeah, because then after she shoots him and she doesn't kill him. Why doesn't she kill him? Because whoever she works for wants more information. But she's saying, I'm not gonna get this out of this guy. I might as well just kill him. And her instinct was right because Saeed, as he's lying there bleeding, he uh, that's this cool distraction move. He breaks this. He throws something in the mirror, breaks it. She turns to that, gives him enough time to reach for his gun, 
and he shoots her. This is an interesting moment too, because if I'm not mistaken, she's on, when she's on the phone, she's speaking German, right? Yes. Um, at the in the first scene when he asked her if the seat was available, um, she continued speaking to him in German, and he's like, "Uh, that's all I know. <laughs> Sorry." Um, so I'm wondering if like her talking on the phone to her boss, if like she legitimately thought that he couldn't understand her. When in fact, I think he knew what was yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> he knew what was up. Which is why he didn't hesitate. Um, and he cries after he kills her. Yeah, I mean, like I. Th- oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I think he. Here's the thing, and this actually fits to Saeed, and this is something that we might not have thought about when he was with Shannon because it was like a little odd and unexpected but having the basis of that relationship Saeed's a guy who falls in love fast he falls fast Saeed I think it's it's legit I think there was like he was having legit feelings for her. well he clearly was because he gave up the game to her yeah I think deep down Saeed's a romantic um you know and it's just life and circumstances that have prevented him from you know he's such a good guy and and we get his compassion being used against him multiple times in this episode and it's just one of those things where as a person he's a good person and he cares about people in his life um and he's just never really been allowed to exist in circumstances where you know being that type of person is beneficial you know, and so he's had to become, um, you know, somebody else during that time. But he's never really lost that heart. Um, but yeah, this is this is hard. Uh, one, because, you know, we, we do get that betrayal. But two, yeah, this is the second time somebody he's fallen in love with uh, has been shot. And unlike you know, the last time where it was an accident, this time it's his doing. Like, I, I know that, like, he had a line, um, you know, towards the the end of that particular Shannon storyline where he was sharing the blame with Anna Lucia. Here, he has nobody to blame but himself because he was the one that pulled the trigger. Well, I'd argue there might be one more person that he could blame. <laughs> he definitely could! <laughs> so... He, we see him, and this is the big twist of the episode. Saeed's, like, bleeding. He shows up at a vet, which is always a traditional place when, like, criminal underlords have to get bullets taken out. I was going to say, you got to go to get a, go to one of them Hotel Artemises or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he gets there, and someone starts, you know, working, to cleaning out the bullet, taking out the bullet, and... He's being questioned by this person. And, and he's we like, they recognize to... the voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we rec- I'm I'm trying to remember whether the first time I saw it I recognized the it voice. It is a little deeper than um than he normally projects, but like we recognize the voice. <laughs> by the way, it's also it's a little deeper for what reason? It's only to fool us the viewer. There's no reason Ben would be putting on a phony voice to Saeed. Why would he disguise his voice? 
Yeah, exactly. Next time we do a podcast, I'm going to do my whole, the whole thing, like, for no reason, like, just a little deeper. <laughs> like, uh, like not, not like full, like, Christian Bale uh, doing a gravelly voice, but, like, just a couple octaves lower to make it sound like maybe you're um, recovering from a cold. Like, maybe something like this. Yeah, yeah. Would it be something like this? Yeah. Perfect. So what ends up happening is that we see, it's revealed that his boss is... Benjamin Linus. And it uh, almost sounds like you're doing ASMR when you do that. <laughs> I know. Because I'm doing it I gotta do it quietly if I talk like that. <laughs> but it's it's Ben Linus is his boss, and this is a revelation too, because we see that in the future Ben is off the island. Yeah, and we get um hints about this uh this particular reveal as the episode goes on. Um but yeah, the uh, I I think this is a good twist within the within the context of this episode. I think this is good. I don't know how I feel about it as an overall plot point because I don't remember where it goes. I don't remember okay. why. Um, like I don't remember how I feel about all these people working with Benjamin to get back to the island. I feel like my feelings are not positive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I I know how I feel about the people working with Ben to get back to the island. I actually like that because I always like when it's like, oh, now they got to work with the guy they can't trust kind of thing is fun. I don't remember what I don't remember is how I feel about Saeed killing for Ben and Ben having people killed cuz and again, goes anywhere. Yeah. that's the thing. I feel like it goes like a little bit somewhere, but they don't go all the way. Like, I feel like it gets half abandoned. Yeah. Um, Cause like, and, but I, I, but I also don't quite remember. Yeah. This is, this is one of those things where I think I like the idea on paper, but ultimately I don't think, <sighs> you know what? It's because I'm so sick and tired of Ben and his fucking list. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> and the fact that I don't think anybody on Benjamin's list ultimately amounts to anything story-wise. So this whole thing for Saeed being a contracted killer for Ben feels a little pointless unless... I'm just forgetting some very crucial plot points about why it actually is important. Yeah, same. So, um, again, contextually, I like it. On paper, I like it. But I think in the grand scheme of things, like a lot of things with season four, it just falls a little short. Well, I would say maybe it's the only thing in season four that falls a little short. Because season four is the best season of the series. Uh, um, well, this was the season where um, we're really dealing with the writer's strike, right? And that's why it was a truncated season, correct? Am I misremembering my years? <laughs> I don't... Maybe it is. Maybe you're right, but I feel like that's not why it's truncated. You know, I... I, I, oh, I go feel ahead. like it's truncated because they had a certain amount of because they had agreed to a certain amount of episodes, but maybe I'm wrong. May I speculate? I, yes. I think that um, 
maybe one of the reasons why a lot of people think season four is so good. And I'm not saying that I don't think that we're st- we're going on this journey. Oh. Um, oh, you have said you don't think that, but, <laughs> but, but, but continue. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe um, because you know it takes it takes a lot of time for episodes to go from you know scripting uh, to pre-production to production, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they had already had like the first half of season four written by the time the writers' strike happened, and as a result of that. Like, you know, however far they were into season four, they kind of had to truncate everything that came afterwards because of writer's strike. And so as a result of that, um, the pacing and momentum of season four was is drastically different than it is in like, you know, season three where wheels are spinning. Um, and even probably season five and six, you know, post writer's strike. You know, there's only so much you can do um, in those particular circumstances. So maybe the season four prior to the writer's strike is super cool and great. And then once we get to the point where the writer's strike really start affecting things, that's where I'll come in and be like, oh, I remember this. And I remember disliking this for this reason and this reason and this reason. And maybe the writer's strike is to blame for like, Ideas like this, where Saeed is a contracted killer for Ben, and ultimately that doesn't have any bearing on anything later, you know? Maybe maybe the writer's strike is to blame for plot points like that. I don't know. I am legitimately speculating here. Well, let's go to the island. <laughs> We're going to drop that train of thought and hop onto a different... Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what... To, I mean, because one, I have a, a different view of the season overall. And two, although I, I, I legitimately can't remember how this storyline plays out. Yeah. So I don't... I Like, I kind of don't want to reserve so much judgment on it. And We're, and, we're still very... And three, I can't even... Four. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, Saeed, the episode starts on the island with Saeed is, is praying. I actually Um, really liked this opening because, you know, we have kind of the classic lost opening where it's a, it's a close-up on somebody, somebody's closed eye opening. And we don't get that here. He, his eyes remain closed as, as we pull away from him. Yeah, it's nice. And um, while he's, like, kind of finishing his prayers or whatever, um, uh, we hear Miles is in the background talking about, like, wanting to know where Ben is and asking more questions about Ben. And then generally, generally speaking, just being Miles. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And Saeed goes over to Naomi and he finds a bracelet on her. It says, uh, I'll always be with you, RC. Um, and Saeed says uh, he wants to go to the freighter. And he says, will you, you will bring me to the freighter. And he's like, into... For that, I will get you. I will get you Charlotte. I will get Charlotte back for you. I will go find Locke, get Charlotte back, and as a reward, 
you will bring me to the freighter. And Lapidus agrees to this. Everybody agrees this is an okay deal. He's like, those sound like fair terms. <laughs> um, around this time, our characters also discover that Naomi was looking for Desmond. They find the photo of Desmond there. And this is just further evidence for Saeed that we don't know their real agenda. We don't know what they're really up to. So they send Juliet back to the beach to fetch Desmond, hoping he has some answers to that. Uh, And Saeed's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to get Charlotte. Jack, you're not coming with me. (laughs) Basically because... (laughs) Yeah, I want to be diplomatic. I don't want anyone to get hurt. And you're a bit of a hothead on with when it comes to Locke. And last time you saw him, you tried to shoot him. And it's, it's not a good look. It's not good. Yeah, that that's going to be awkward if we just roll up and say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> so, Jack, uh, that gives us a nice little moment where Jack uh, uh, is a little... Uh, like, Kate's like, oh, now you know how it feels kind of thing. <laughs> not fun getting not left get. behind, is it? Yeah. No. Sucks not being asked along. <laughs> but. I did like what he, he came back with was like, should I go ahead and do what you do then and wait 20 minutes and then go anyway? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I liked this little tete-a-tete. And that's how you know. That's so. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's how you know it's like a, a Kitsitz Horowitz uh, joint. <laughs> Is we get very, that's true. Very You're right. That's a good like indication. That. Um, and also a lot of Miles's dialogue because Miles is is has some moments in here, including this. Miles is getting on a bit of a oh oh his energy up, like I'm gonna come along, blah, 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 making a big show of it. And Saeed's like, yeah, of course you are. I forget exactly <laughs> what Saeed said, but it's basically the equivalent of like, yeah, yeah. And Saeed is so fucking cool in this episode. Like, and that's one of those moments. He's so cool. He's so suave and awesome. It's it's so charming. He's just like, yeah, you're coming along. <laughs> but Jack also thinks Kate should go. Um, And Kate's like, well, you know, why don't you think Locke would, might not uh, hurt Mate like he did Naomi? And Jack brings up a very good point. Sawyer wouldn't would never let him. And so I'm like, you know what? Fair point, Jack. That's a fair point. <laughs> but also, legitimately, Locke would not do that. Locke would not hurt Kate. Locke would not hurt these I people. I don't know, man. Locke's, uh, Locke's uh, losing it a little bit. Well, I mean, he would hurt. He would hurt people coming to the island to like like the freighter people but Locke I mean we did get that at the end of the last season he killed Naomi without a second thought but then um when it was when he had to pull the trigger against Jack he couldn't do it and so he he walked back into the jungle instead um and you know even when he and jack were fighting before and jack had the gun on him he was like jack i was never going to shoot you in the same way that i know you would never (laughs) before getting cut off as jack repeatedly tried to shoot him um yeah so again Locke's not a i don't want to say that he's 
not a bad person because I think he's a very selfish person, but he doesn't actively want to hurt his former comrades. No, no, he doesn't. I don't um, think he cares about them necessarily, but I don't think he. Well, I think he thinks there's a. I think he thinks there's a. Look, it's the whole like uh, Boone was a sacrifice the island demanded. He believes in the island more than he believes in the people, but he wouldn't. I don't think he would intentionally hurt Hurley or Saeed or Kate. I or like these that. People. He 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 cares about the island more than he cares about them. But he's also. I think he's hoping that they'll all have like come to Jesus moments. Like once the he fulfills well, whatever I, the island wants him to do, there, that they'll all see that he was right. There is an argument that he has with Jack in I believe the season finale of season four, which is that exact thing with that exact idea and it's like it's like everything you've seen and you still can't believe like come to my side on this which we know from the future jack might be because jack is losing it um (laughs) so we agree lock is unhinged (laughs) um we also have a great little moment with with miles where um when they start marching into the jungle, Kate, Saeed, and Miles, where it's like Miles uh, clearly doesn't really give a shit about anybody, except he wants to find Ben. Yeah, he, he like, because they're talking about Naomi and um, the fact he's like, yeah, uh, Saeed is very, he seems to be very affected by her death. Um, and uh, And the fact that, you know, she left behind you know the the fact that she had somebody waiting for her to come back like this is hitting home for Saeed a lot because he's lost a lot of people that he's loved and he you know several several women that he's fallen in love with he's he's lost them he hasn't lost Elsa at this point <laughs> that's in the future well, you know who the R in RC is I don't remember it's um unless I'm misremembering, but I don't think so. It's uh, Regina, the woman on the other end of the sat phone. Was her name Regina? Oh, I'm getting my my actors mixed up because we had uh, a a character in season three who got killed, who uh, she played a character named Regina on another show. So I'm getting my wires completely <laughs> crossed. Uh, I'm not picturing the face. Uh, you mentioned that she she was in a relationship with a, a woman on the freighter in a prior episode, but I yep. remember nothing about Regina in the same way that I remembered nothing about Naomi. And that woman is played by Zoe Bell, who I told a charming story about last week, so I won't repeat it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, meanwhile, let's do a little meanwhile. Um... The other group, Locke's group, is marching through the jungle. And uh, Sawyer's got a good idea with Ben. He wants to start shooting off toes to get Ben to talk and tell him who the spy is. But Locke is like, he's not going to tell you, and then we're just going to have to carry him. So, Look, it's I, a fair point. I don't... I'm not on Team Sawyer here because I don't think advocating torturing ben i don't think that's a very humane option but i'm also still kind of like why are we still allowing him to be hanging out with us as long as he's 
not again i'm i think i'm gonna have to let go of my not to advocate murder because like there's by the time this series is done, like everybody in this show has like murdered a lot of people. <laughs> the, the 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 thing that the thing that's working in Ben's favor is more than anyone else, Ben has answers, and the person who has him captured is the man who has more questions than anyone else. Yeah, it's, so it's that's just, the that's the key. It and and that's a good dynamic. It's just such a shame because as long as he's alive, he's a threat, and so. As as long as he's there and can say things to Locke and to everybody out loud, he's a threat. Like, as long as he can use his words, he's a threat. Then they show up at where Locke believes Jacob's cabin is. But guess what's not there? Jacob's cabin. Because they should have listened to Hurley's directions. Just saying. And... Everyone's kind of like, what are we doing here? Claire's like, I got to feed this kid. Uh, wh- where are we going? Can we just go back to the, the to go to the barracks? And But Ben points out, and rightfully so, that John is looking for someone to tell him what to do. And that's not inaccurate. And just like yep. I said a minute ago, <laughs> Ben's a threat because he can say shit like this. <laughs> and meanwhile ben's over here like why are you booing me i'm right <laughs> meanwhile hurley is making the point of let's just let charlotte go if that's what the people people might be coming after us now for her just let her go and charlotte charlotte even tells hurley like like they need me as a hostage you need me as a hostage that that's what he's doing that's what Locke's doing um it's kind of and sad a, when, the, when the hostage has to spell that out too hurley but he's just but he's got such a good heart well hurley's got a good heart and he's fighting with Locke, and it's key that we see him fighting in Locke with lock here for what we see next um saeed kate and miles have reached the barracks and it's awfully quiet and because of the way the episode is edited we think maybe that they beat them there. Mm-hmm. And they are walking around the barracks and they hear something from inside one of the houses. Good hearing, by the way, Saeed. Um, and they go in and they open up a closet and tied up in there is Hurley. And I I had forgotten the twist that this plot point... Um like presented because seeing Hurley tied up in that closet, like for a little while, probably longer than I'm proud of. I was sitting here going like, John Locke, you monster. Like I had legitimately thought that Locke had had him tied up and left there. And I was so upset by it. But it's really good because you, you have every reason to think that because the last time you saw that they were arguing even. Yeah, and like you, you know, think that like Hurley it would maybe Locke did decide we're leaving Hurley behind because yeah, and, and eh, he's is, not he's not with us. And um, you know he, Hurley even says he's going crazy, uh, but like 
Yeah, I, I'm sitting here looking at this is where um, future knowledge, you know, kind of works against me a little bit for when it comes to things I do remember versus what I don't remember, because I'm sitting here going like Hurley, future leader of the island, um, is sitting here trying to find a peaceful resolution, a compromise, something that can placate everybody um, or at the very least not escalate any sort of confrontation and then the next time we see him is tied up in a closet left there by a madman <laughs> i'm so i was just I, again this is where the episode i guess what would be uh you know if, if i were to go back this is the episode using all of our goodwill regarding hurley uh, against us because we would never suspect hurley of this kind of subterfuge um, and then, you know, Hurley's getting, they're asking him questions and Hurley's like, you know, telling him like, oh, like, yeah, they left me, but they had to go to Ben's, Ben's house first. And Miles, of course, insults Hurley, calls him Tubby. And he's like, great, another Sawyer, <laughs> which is exactly. Which is a good line. Which, and it's exactly what you were pointing out, uh, last week i think um when we yeah. were talking about how miles now that sawyer's in a different stage in his character miles has sort of stepped in to kind of fill that role so they go in to ben's house and they're snooping around kate looks in a closet draws a gun there's nothing there um but saeed finds a hidden room behind a bookshelf and in that hidden room he finds Lots of clothing, multiple passports. Yeah, shady stuff. Stuff and, a spy would have. And then suddenly, Kate turns around and who's walking into the room with her Sawyer? And he's asking her to, like, hey, be quiet. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> but Kate is not cool. She immediately yells for Saeed, but it's too late. It's an ambush. Locks there. Hurley has set them up. And I'm sitting And he here, apologized. Yeah, he's like, sorry, dude. And I'm sitting here going, who taught you how to lie? <laughs> because you're such yeah, a bad suddenly, liar. <laughs> and see, I knew he was lying. I remembered this twist. And I was trying to, when Hurley was telling them the stories, I was trying to figure out, like, how is he undercutting these lies? Is he just like, and I think part of it is that he's speaking in half truths. Like you said, he does say Locke's gone nuts. He does say Locke's gone to Ben's house. These are all things that are kind of true. And it's entirely possible that like uh, Locke and Sawyer sort of rehearsed this with him uh, a little bit to be like, okay, I, I, you know what? Sawyer could give him pointers on how to lie. <laughs> I don't know if he could give him a crash course, but whatever they did, it seemed to work. Well, they lock up Saeed with Ben. And Ben's kind of like, of course, immediately giving Saeed shit. Uh, you know, they're locked up in the rec room or whatever. And Saeed's like, he's like, ah, I bet, John, you wouldn't uh, fall for it or, or whatever. But uh, And basically, Saeed gives Ben some some shit they're giving each other shit i can't even remember the exact dialogue i apologize no it's all right <laughs> but yeah it's, but... it's yeah it's it's tit for tat 
Um, also in that time, and, and, and before we get to the end of Saeed, there's a great little scene between Kate and Sawyer. I actually liked it a lot. Where she's like, what are you doing here with Locke? And Sawyer basically says he doesn't want to leave the island. That the outside world really doesn't offer him anything anymore. That, that you know. I like, mean, his main motivation for, for going back to society would be to, you know, would have been to track down Sawyer. Um, and that quest has been fulfilled. <laughs> so there's no but need then for he that br- anymore. He brings up a very good point to Kate where he's like, why do you want to go back, Kate? Uh, you're, you're immediately going to be put in handcuffs. And he makes this play of like, let's let's stay here. We've got houses. we got electricity. we got food, water. And Kate's like, you think we could keep playing house forever? And Sawyer's like, kind of like, like, yeah. Like, like, let's do this. Why not? <laughs> and, Which and, is essentially what he ends up doing later on and down the to- road. Yeah, he ends up becoming part of the Dharma Initiative. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, Kate, uh, very interesting here, a couple things with Kate. Um, one, she's got no good answer because, yeah, she is going to be arrested when she gets back. But the second thing is we've seen Kate in the future. We see that she's not in jail, so we know something has happened. So this is another thing of, like, setting up or reminding us there's a little bit of a mystery. Well, here. and also we know that from from um the end of season three that she doesn't agree with Jack that they need to go back. So it's like, oh, did she manage to get back but is now on the run again? Like what what happened there? What are her circumstances are still a giant question mark. So Saeed Locke comes to Saeed and he immediately apologizes. <laughs> um which actually i i mean i think is also real and i think saeed believes it too what Locke is basically saying like i didn't know how many people be coming i i couldn't be sure if there'd be freighter people it's kind of like that and i think saeed like i think for lack of a better word i think saeed respects the play yeah, I, I mean, there were a lot of unknown variables, so Locke acted accordingly. And I think, you know, Saeed is definitely the type of person to be, like, game-recognizing game. And, um, and again, I think... I, I think he's still upset about the submarine. <laughs> but I think this is also speaks to uh, the whole idea of I, I, Locke doesn't want to hurt his island buddies you know like Locke doesn't want to you know but they could have had freighter people and they did and he assures him though that miles is is wherever miles is being held he's just being questioned and um saeed basically says like uh he finds out that there's a spy on the boat Locke tells him that and saeed says listen i agree with you. These people are lying. I want to get answers to that. Give me Charlotte and they'll let me back onto the ship. I'll get those answers. And I think Locke realizes that's a good play, but also doesn't want to give up his one bargaining chip of Charlotte. And Saeed's like, well, well, who said I was gonna, uh, who says I wasn't gonna give you something? (laughs) And what it turns out is... This is a win-win for Saeed. 
he basically the whole plan was Saeed exchanged miles for Charlotte knew he could negotiate that with Locke probably because Locke will want some answers from that freighter and Saeed returns back to the helicopter and Lapidus is kind of <laughs> like like he's like ah oh, like Lapidus respects a good uh like he's like you cheated <laughs> lucky for you i don't like miles let's yeah. go <laughs> basically and there's this great little moment where where um all of a sudden all like the freighter people they want to stay charlotte's like yeah i'm having fun i'll stay here and <laughs> that's not exactly what she <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I mean, that is the gist of it. She's got stuff to do. And uh, Daniel, uh, who wants to stay with Charlotte, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, it's not just the experiments he wants to uh, uh, run. It's there's a, it, it, it's the whole Charlotte factor, too. Yeah, um, and I, I, I like this because it's not super overt right here. We'll, we'll go more in, we'll get more into it later, but, like, it's there, but it's not like super heavy handed. So the people who are going to go back to the freighter are Saeed, Desmond. We're going to circle back to his story in a minute, which isn't that much, but we're going to circle back to that in a minute. And they, and Saeed's like, let's take Naomi back since, since we got enough. Yeah. Since space. there's room for one more. And, they take off, and there's again these really heroic shots of Saeed like looking off into to, to, as they go off into looking the ocean. So damn cool. He's so damn cool in this episode. Uh, but there's one bit of advice that Faraday gives Lapidus right before they go. He goes, Be sure to follow the exact same bearing you came in on. The exact same, no matter what. And Lapidus says he will. Um, I'm which, sure that won't come back around in any significant way. <laughs> which brings us to... Oh, that does come back no, in a significant... I'm kidding. Oh, I'm okay. kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay. Sorry, I know on this podcast, sometimes it can be hard <laughs> to tell when I'm being sarcastic. And it's harder <laughs> when we're not even in the same room. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you had seen my face, you could have seen that that... That was more well, like, eh? That well, this, come back around, eh? eh? This fits into the experiment that Faraday was running. At one point, he set up some equipment, kind of like a beacon, it seemed, and he called Regina on the sat phone, and he asked her to fire a payload, and she said the payload had arrived, but it hadn't arrived. But then, 31 minutes later, it did arrive. And the clocks, their clocks were off 31 minutes. Bum, bum, bum. Time traveling bunnies. Some time dilation stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, look, I'm not inherently against the um, time distortion stuff. Like, I actually think in the way that they're presenting it right now, it's kind of cool because it's super... It's like grounded sci-fi, 
I think in this particular moment. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that could explain why the island is so hard to find and, you know, why, why it's uncharted, all this other stuff. Um, that's a thing that makes sense to me. It's just how, how slapdash the series will get with time travel as, as things go on, where I start to have issues <laughs> with it. Um, but I do think the time dilation is a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, I obviously do. I just wish it was in a better show. Well, speaking of time... Oh, <laughs> fuck you. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, um, speaking of time dilation... Sorry, it's just, it's been so long since you've genuinely said that to me. <laughs> oh, it feels like we're back in season one. I love it. <laughs> so, um... Speaking of time dilation, Juliet arrives back with Desmond, Mr. Time Dilation. 31 minutes? No. <laughs> and Desmond is like, do you know Penny Widmore to Lapidus? And Lapidus is being real coy. He's like, uh, kind of. Not what? No. And Desmond's like, I'm getting on that helicopter too. And that's and that's how Desmond ends up on the helicopter. I mean, they they there was one other interaction that Lapidus had in this episode that I think is worth noting, and that's um, him and Jack having you know they've both oh, been left behind. I, I've got oh great something to say about that. <laughs> yes, but go for it. I, I was going to say it late. I was going to save it for something. Okay, later. no, no, no. Let's uh, let's hang on to that and let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> um, I have a feeling you're gonna have a different approach to it, but I wanna I wanna I let's just hold it for a minute so I could do something <laughs> so I could do something silly. Um, <laughs> okay, sounds good. So <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to jump the gun. No, no, you couldn't have known. <laughs> um, so that brings me to some big questions. And that's the Jacob and the Man in Black. And let's start with, let's start with the Jacob of it all. And if I may begin. Go for it. My Jacob is simply, I just wrote, Saeed Badass. This is... There is even a shot in this where Saeed's like marching up a hill right at the camera. And it's like, is this, am I like, have I just, have we just not had badass Saeed in a while? Or is this like they make him more badass in this episode than ever before? I I think the the thing about this episode, which sets it apart from other instances of Saeed being a badass, is that... Um, towards the end of season three, a lot of his badassery um, kind of was him being in a leadership position um, where everybody had to act as a team. He was taking a team to go and do this. So all of the badass things he was doing was very much part of a team effort. This is Saeed um, kind of having to be a lone wolf 
in a lot of ways. He, even though he, Miles and Kate go off a lot of the time, you know, together, a lot of the time he's on his own. He has to interact with Locke and Ben on his own. And then, you know, in the flash forward, it's him, even though he's working with Ben or for Ben, he's doing all this on his own. Um, And so it's kind of got like this loneliness to it, but also, um, and that's kind of, and that's sad and tragic. And, you know, the reason why Ben is able to take advantage of him in the flash forward, I believe, is because Nadia has died at this point, correct? Yes. So there's this loneliness and melancholy to him, um, this vulnerability, this hurt, but also because he's lost Nadia, he's he's got like nothing left to lose. And so there's this razor edge to him as well, um, which I think makes for a really compelling iteration of the character even though i hate the way <laughs> i hate the way nadia was written out of this show <laughs> i do yeah i don't i don't is... yeah oh, I, no i agree with you I don't, I don't love the way nadia is written out of the show um, either. but what naveen andrews does with it from a character like from a character acting perspective is awesome like again i hate that plot point but what he does with it emotionally to to drive the character is really cool um who's your uh jacob um i like n- this is definitely one where we could just like give it to naveen andrews for just amazing acting um but kind of like you in the same vein of just like badass saeed i think i just want to give it to the spy versus spy sort of plot line because these two these two characters interacting off of each other in the flash forward is really compelling. The actors have really good chemistry. Um, and even though I don't, I dislike the fact that him working with Ben ultimately doesn't really super go anywhere. I like this setup and it makes me wish Naveen Andrews was a, a movie star in a bunch of cool spy thrillers slash romance movies like why is that a thing we never got (laughs) talking about you know lamenting the things that never were like oh my goodness give me all of them (laughs) let him be in every spy romantic thriller ever um so now the man in black um fuck you lost for making me (laughs) for making me have to remember that the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. <laughs> and that, that they beat my... <laughs> that they beat the Yankees in the playoffs. Fuck you, lost. It's the worst. It's the only bad thing you've ever done to me. Wasn't that 15 years ago? <laughs> I'm still very bitter about that particular <laughs> That particular, you know, Red Sox won World Series after that. I'm not annoyed about that. I'm still bitter about the 2004. Um, I mean, but, like, isn't it a great moment where you can identify with Lapidus? Well, it does make me like Lapidus even more. Now, they were having a legitimate conversation beyond that. Was there other things you wanted to say about that, Megan? No, I blocked that. Was that, that, the, only, that, was that was the, the only thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the only yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
sure he, I'm sure I'm sure they talked about other important things. That was literally the only thing I took away from their conversation. I blocked it out. <laughs> also, Jack, what are you doing? You you live in Los Angeles. You're a Red Sox fan? Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I know I live in Los Angeles. I'm a Yankees fan, but it's it's different. I don't think Jack grew up in Boston. <laughs> He might not be invested in the Red Sox. It was just um, Ben used the Red Sox game as a way to prove. No, no, no. He's invested in the Red Sox. He's excited (laughs) they won. He can't believe it. He's beside himself. (laughs) Was he? (laughs) I was too busy laughing to notice. Megan, what's your man of black? (laughs) Um, I'm actually going to give it to, um, I mean, most of my complaints in this episode are kind of along the same lines of what they have been lately. Like, um, I have some meta complaints about like, again, the, the Ben Saeed team up, not really amounting to much. And I've got some nitpicks about the episode here and there, but there's really not much to complain about within the context of this episode. So I'm actually going to give it to the time distortion test, not because I dislike the time distortion test it, itself, or, or specifically an experiment to, to discover that there's a time dilation thing going on. The thing I don't like about it is that they fired an inert missile. It lands very, very close to where all of our characters are standing and hanging out. And no one fucking reacts to it. Like, uh, Daniel, like, runs over to it. Uh, This is, like, just speaking from personal experience, if you are running a a weapons test, even even something for, like, an inert weapons test, uh, you steer clear because it's still something moving at a very high velocity that could plow right into you. And even though you have a targeting system and everything like that, mistakes can happen. And so it's just there, Faraday engaged in this uh, experiment and then did not instruct everybody to like move away from where they were expecting it to land. So this is just one of those very, very few instances where just real world Megan comes and and goes, this was horribly irresponsible. (laughs) So that's, that's mine. That's mine. The freighter folk are an irresponsible folk. They are. And, but also Jack, a doctor does not, reprimand them (laughs) for putting everybody in danger with this inert test. Jack is also irresponsible. They could have hit the helicopter (laughs) by accident. They absolutely could have hit the helicopter. That would have been a problem. Yes, Um, (laughs) So that is The Economist. Megan, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams, where me and my co-host Katie talk about horror things, and I'm a member of Rooster Team Radio, where uh, me and my co-host talk about Rooster Teeth related productions, as well as occasionally dipping our toes into the audio drama space. So, if you're interested in Rooster Teeth stuff, go check that out. And you can follow me on Twitter at. The Real Will Link. You can buy my book, Crazy About Kurt, on Amazon. You know the deal. And you can follow us 
no love lost pod on Twitter. Um, so until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Uh, Yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, And so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcasts put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. Uh, uh, Off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, Proud to be Kinky. Uh, Drinks with God. And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean Podcast? Yeah. Will Mm -hmm. he? I don't know. Spoiler alert. uh, Not as frequently as usual. (laughs) But you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, These are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. We're on the same network. (laughs) So yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows. And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us, might as well give us a rating. (laughs) You're already there. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys.